Welcome to the Sport Manitoba podcast, hosted by Nolan Cole. Welcome to episode 19 of the Sport Manitoba podcast. My name is Nolan Cole. I'm the digital media specialist at Sport Manitoba. At Sport Manitoba, our focus is on supporting and planning sport programs to promote the development of vibrant citizens, athletes, and communities in Manitoba. We're also the main funding agency for amateur sport in the province, with over 65 provincial sport organizations in our building, including Triathlon Manitoba, which we'll be covering in this episode. All of our previous episodes are available on all the podcast platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Check those out when you get a minute. We're very proud to tell you that our province has developed some great young triathletes in recent years who have all enjoyed success both here in Manitoba and beyond. I'll introduce you to two of those athletes right after a quick look at some of our messaging and campaigns. The Sport Manitoba Fitness Centre is now open with extra safety precautions in place. Our in-person classes now adhere to physical distancing guidelines and we also now offer virtual classes, virtual personal training and virtual memberships. To get started, visit sportmanitoba.ca. Sport Manitoba strives to make sport a safe and welcoming experience for athletes, coaches, parents, officials and volunteers across the province. If you experience any incidents of abuse, harassment or any other inappropriate conduct, please call our sports support line at 1-877-737-9875 to talk to a trained professional or visit our website for more resources. This summer, Sport Manitoba is working together with the Sport Information Resource Centre to raise awareness about concussions. We want all of our athletes and coaches to know the signs and symptoms of a concussion so that they can be properly treated. Follow along on our social media channels at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and use the hashtag HeadstrongCanada. Tyler Mislawchuk and Megan Van Heist, two names that you may very well recognize. Tyler has developed into a professional triathlete and at just 25 years old, already has an extensive resume. He competed at the 2016 Summer Olympics in Rio, finishing in the top 15. He's also raced in the Pan Am Games, Canada Games, and multiple World Tour events. And he was our Male Open Athlete of the Year at our most recent Night of Champions. Megan, meanwhile, was Triathlon Manitoba's 2019 Junior Athlete of the Year after winning a bronze and silver medal at the Western Canada Summer Games. The 17-year-old from Stony Mountain has had to get extra creative to keep her training going during the COVID-19 pandemic. Tyler and Megan, who are both Team Manitoba alumni, joined our podcast to talk about their success, the growth of the sport in Manitoba, and what they hope to accomplish in the future once their competitions resume. Here's my conversation with Tyler and Megan. Tyler, Megan, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I guess let's just start with the last few months because as athletes, how tough have these last three months or so been with, with no competitions? Megan, we'll, we'll start with you. It's been a little difficult to stay motivated and being at home, it was difficult to train, but I think we're slowly starting to figure out things out and it's starting to return back to normal. What about you, Tyler, last few months? No way, easy way to say it. It's been tough, yeah. I think... Uh, as athletes, as, as human beings, you set goals or markers, and when those markers are kind of taken away from you, uh, it's harder to get the most out of yourself. So I've still been training quite normally, I would say, as normal as I could be considering the situation. Um, there's just, uh, there's no, you know, bonus. We, we like to think of racing as like a bonus. You know, you put all this hard work in, you get a reward, you get this bonus. And right now there's a lot of hard work going in, and you like to think with two mindsets, and one of them is reality is that there will be racing again, 
And then thinking about the current situation is that, well, just you know, keep doing what we're doing until, until that's an option. So tell me where you were when everything kind of stopped. Were you, you were competing in Europe, is that right? Yeah, I was, uh, I was in Portugal on a month camp. I was supposed to leave for uh, Abu Dhabi, actually. And about three days before the race, they had a breakout there. So they canceled the race. And then uh, I went out and did a duathlon in Spain. And then almost like a few days later, they had a breakout in Spain. And I was supposed to fly to Florida. I canceled that. I canceled everything and got myself home and did that 14-day uh, quarantine uh, solo in the basement, which uh, wasn't, wasn't the best. And Megan, you weren't competing, but I know you were in the middle of another big project. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had a few things going on. We were like planning a ski trip, which was canceled. I was in my school's musical, which was canceled. And in the coming weeks, our team was heading down to Arizona and that trip was also canceled. So lots of stuff were being canceled at that time. But you were also in the middle of a, a book project. A book, Is that yes, right? yeah. yes. <laughs> I had uh, just published my book and uh, then everything shut down and the book machine shut down, so they'd only had a few copies printed. So yeah, that was too bad. How'd you find the time to write a book with all the, your training and your triathlon obligations? Well, it sort of just started out as a side project, something fun for me to do. And I really enjoy writing and sometimes when I'm training, I just come up with those ideas and write them down later. And slowly it started to turn into a book and with motivation from friends and family, I got it published. All right on, good for you. What is it called? It's called The Collected. It's a science fiction book. Oh, okay. You into science fiction at all time? I can't even <laughs> comprehend writing a book. I can, I can barely write tweets <laughs> over here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I want to ask you both how you got into triathlon, but first I, I just want to ask you about the sport itself because I'm not sure exactly everyone exactly knows what it is. There's a lot of different facets. I did a little bit of research myself, but Tyler, did you want to take a crack at kind of explaining the the three different facets of a triathlon race. Yes, there's three sports in four areas. So you got your swim, bike, run, uh, which are the three sports, obviously. Pretty well known by most people, but not put together. And then obviously we transition from sport to sport, which is a whole nother skill set in itself. And it's like rapid succession. It's not like you're putting on socks, not like you're doing that type of stuff. So it's uh, it's, it's pretty quick uh, moving through the three sports. And yeah, it's it's a tough balance as well, obviously. Uh, if you're a swimmer, you just swim. If you're a biker, you just bike. And if you're a runner, you just run. As a triathlete, it's trying to learn how to balance the three, uh, you know, to be cohesive. Yeah, it's just you got to balance yourself out between the three sports and keep moving all the time. It's, yeah, very difficult to pace yourself through those three. How did you get into the sport originally, Megan? Um, well, when I was about seven, my family was camping in Morden. And one of my parents' friends was actually doing a triathlon there. And they found out about the kids' race, and I had my bike. So they threw me in, and I loved it. And I've been doing it ever since. Were you a multi-sport athlete growing up? Yeah, my parents liked to put me in all the town sports and everything. And Tyler, you used it primarily as training for hockey and soccer initially. Is that right? And then it kind of developed from there? Yeah, it was. Uh, I did one in uh, 2006. I think I did in Morden. What's great about triathlon is... Like Megan said, it's a family thing. And what I urge a lot of people to get into is it's a lot of fun. It's as a whole, you you go camping. They're all across Manitoba, the races. You spend a weekend. I remember like some of my best memories were like going to Clear Lake or going going on these trips. And you spend a few days with your friends and family, and then you'd get to race. But uh, as for me, yeah, it started as a, just a way to cross train and then turn it into much, much more. So it's swimming, cycling, and running. 
So it sounds like a lot of stamina, Megan. Is Would you say endurance yeah. is the key? Yeah, endurance is very important. <laughs> yeah, I think endurance, obviously, like a, from a physical perspective, I think from a mental perspective, it's being like durable. I like the word durable because, uh, you know, not anyone can swim, bike, or run, but, you know, you can swim, bike, or run if you do a little bit of training. But to improve uh, at any level, whether you're an amateur or professional, you need to be durable, and that's mental and physically, you know, to train day in and day out. It's, it, racing's one thing, but to, you know, I'm training 25, 30 hours a week. That's, that's tougher than racing most, most times. Yeah, for sure, yeah. So you talked about all kind of the three different facets, right, and being good at all three. Like, do you find that some of your competitors are better in one area, or are you better in one area yourself or do you try to be as balanced as you can uh i mean like i said it's a balancing act yeah. and obviously you're going to be come from different sports sometimes people come from running background and thus them being you know stronger runners so it's learning to balance them and uh it, at my level it's swim and bike for show run for dough uh as they say because you running is what wins you the race so obviously uh, you want that to be your strength, but that's not always the case. Uh, and it, yeah, again, it's a fine balancing act because I like to put it as you've got a pizza, you've got eight slices of a pizza. You've always got eight slices of the pizza. How are you going to, you know, energy wise, how are you going to break that down? You're going to put three in the swim, you know, three here and two there. What are you going to do? And, and balancing, you never have 10, 10 slices. You always have the same amount and it's balancing between the three. Do you have a favorite facet or is there one that you, would you say you're the strongest at? Uh, pretty close between running and biking. I'm not a, I'm not a big swim fan and, uh, staring at the black line and just going back and forth takes all the adventure out of it. I'm pretty big outdoors guy. So it kind of takes a little bit of the fun out of it. Megan, what about you? Which, is there one you're, you're good at, you're best at? Uh, well, I like swimming and biking. Running is, uh, probably my least favorite out of the three. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? I, I don't know. I just, it's, uh, I enjoy swimming and biking. And running is a bit more of the hard work that I just don't enjoy it as much. Would you say, like, are there a lot, and I don't know how well you, you guys have gotten to know your competitors, but do some of the triathletes, are they swimmers as, as young kids or are they just runners? I mean, do they, do they specialize in one area early and then develop the other two? It's, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Like me, I came in as playing hockey, soccer, multiple sports. Some people come as swimmers, bikers. And I don't think there's a trend. I think now actually we're getting to the point where rather than starting as when kids are starting so young they're they're starting as triathletes that's their sport uh i wasn't in that generation uh but we're coming into that generation now where people are getting in at five six seven years old and you know they get to 12 or 13 and they're at the same level that i was when i was 16 because they've you know had years and years obviously to find balance I, i'm a big believer in uh participating in mul like multiple sports and not locking yourself down too young because I don't think you don't know what you love uh, until you've tried a bunch of things. And that was kind of my parents' philosophy. They would put me in anything and everything and just you know see what I see what I liked. Uh, they only had one rule: was if I started it, I, I could not I could not stop halfway through. You know, sign up for hockey, couldn't stop halfway through the year. So anything I signed up for, I had to finish. So under normal circumstances, Megan, and we'll get to kind of last three months in a minute here, but can you give me some insight into your training routine? Is it strength, cardio, resistance? Is it all, all three of those things? Just take me, take me through your, your regiment. Well, most mornings we'd get up early to go swimming, and then I'd have to drive back to school. And then often after school, I'd drive back out to the city, and we'd either do running, biking, or strength. Um, sometimes I'd have to do those at home just because of the long distance I had to drive. But 
yeah, I'd usually train 10 to 15 hours a week doing all three of those sports. And so you go back and forth between Stonewall and Winnipeg to, yeah. to get that training. And where yeah. do you train here in the city? Um, at U of M. At U of M. Uh, Tyler, I saw you running outside our building before this interview, so I, I guess your training never stops. But just take me take me through it. Is it you said you mentioned it's it's most of the year, right? Yeah, I uh, I think I get nowadays. I used to take longer, but nowadays I take about two weeks off, uh, maybe ten days or two weeks completely off, uh, and then some unstructured training to start usually. But mo- yeah, I'd say eleven months of the year is pretty focused, uh, you know, training year round, and that's where the word durable comes in again. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit of me- uh, mental strain. Uh, but again, life's all about routine. And like, you find yourself getting into routine, you know, I'm training so many hours a week, it just becomes like, that's what I do rather than like, wow, I did that. It's just no, that's what I, that's what I do, you know, and uh, I, I'm similar, I wake up in the morning, usually do two two sports or like you swim in a gym and in the afternoon, I'll train twice again. So Typically in a week, I'll have three to, three to four sessions a day and maybe one or two lighter days, but typically no days off for me. Uh, it, you know, every so often I'll get a day off, but it's a, it's a rare, rare occasion these days. And where, what countries do you train in? I mean, it takes you all over, right? Yeah, I mean, I try to escape the winter here. That one's a tough one. Uh, I, I've gone soft over the years. Now when I come back to Winnipeg, you know, Christmas, wintertime, I'm, uh, I've got like three more jackets on than everyone else. Uh, or I've got a long sleeve on in the middle of summer like I have today. <laughs> but uh, I spend a lot of time in Arizona, uh, in Phoenix, in Victoria, BC in the summer, and then uh, obviously bounce around Europe a lot. Like I was saying, I was in Portugal, spent my fair share in Spain over the years. And yeah, racing takes you all over. I'll race like 15, 15 times through the year, 15, 20 times. And those are all in just all over the world, any, any place you could think of. So let's talk about training during this COVID-19 pandemic and how it's thrown everyone off. But Megan, you got pretty creative during the last few months. Uh, tell me <laughs> yeah. about the pool in your garage that you and your dad put together. Well, yeah. So to be honest, for the first week or so, we weren't doing much as everything was kind of a shock. And then once I started getting back into running and biking, I was really missing that swimming. So my dad decided to build me this little pool in the garage. He just made out of a pool liner and some scraps of wood. He threw it together in about a week, which kind of surprised me that it actually worked pretty well. And I tied myself to a wall with a bungee cord, so it kept me in place, and I was able to swim. And so after doing that for the last several weeks, is that something, do you think you can continue doing that? I mean, if, if you do get access to back to your regular facilities, is that something you can continue to do at home? Um, yeah, so it takes away that driving aspect again. So. Yeah. I think I might throw that in sometimes. It is a little difficult because there's no coach telling you what to do and no one correcting your stroke. And it gets a little boring when you're not moving anywhere, but it's a it's better than nothing. Tyler, any makeshift training tools that uh, of your own during this time period? Or how have you adapted? Yeah, I've tied myself up in the back, backyard pool. We've got Luckily we've got a pool, but uh, I wouldn't say any makeshift. I think the hardest thing through this is the biggest adjustment has been the the mental part is just, uh, you know, knowing that everyone's in the same boat, whether you're in whatever sport, and it's making the best out of a worst case scenario. So looking at it, you know, everyone's going to be at, uh, you know, every, everyone's going to be at a loss. But how much can I minimize this loss over other people? And how much, you know, I, I'm going to fall off a percentage wise, like no matter what, how you look at it, because you're restricted, and it's trying to basically minimize that. So yeah, tying yourself up in the pool, doing home gym, getting on Zoom. I don't think I can do another Zoom call in my life after this. <laughs> but you've actually been able to compete compete virtually from your own home, right? So how did that all come together? 
Yeah, there's a ton of virtual series online right now, mostly bike-based because uh, what we have is most people have trainers that can monitor your power output, so basically your effort level, and then put you in a virtual world with other racers. Uh, I I did a lot of virtual riding. did one race, but a lot of virtual riding where you're passing people on a virtual world that you know are riding in UK or riding in Portugal or riding in Abu Dhabi. Uh, and it, it definitely got me through it. Uh, I'm not a big indoor training fan. Uh, I did it so much as a kid that I kind of got sick of it, but it kind of, you know, brought me back to, you know, a competitive competitive outlet where you're riding by other people or people riding by you, and it brought a lot of, like, fun back into it. And did you just have your own area in the basement? Type yeah, of I had a ba- <laughs> the basement, and then as it got uh, a little bit warmer, we have a sunroom, so it would be like three or four degrees in the sunroom which is perfect, it's cold, but perfect for biking. Yeah. We set up the TV and run through my laptop. I had a great setup, but uh, moved it back into the basement, obviously, as it gets summer, because the sunroom just traps it, and it's like a heat box. Okay, Tyler Mislodchuk and Megan Van Heist are our guests on the Sport Manitoba podcast. Stick around for the second half of our triathlon discussion after this. Sport Manitoba performance strives hard to help more Manitobans reach the national stage. Our training, testing, and performance plans help us do just that. If your team is looking for guidance, support, or a full-on training program to get to the next level, contact performance at sportmanitoba.ca. Millions of teeth are lost or traumatized annually during sporting activities. Custom mouthguards are recommended by the Manitoba Dental Association as the best way to protect the teeth and prevent injuries to the soft tissue of the mouth as well as the head, jaw, and back. Visit your local dental office to learn more or get fitted for your custom mouthguard. Talk to your dentist. Good for you. Good for life. Sport Manitoba and Doctors Manitoba joined forces in 2013 to launch Fit Kids Healthy Kids. Both partners saw the need to promote physical literacy as a means to combat health risks associated with a sedentary lifestyle such as type 2 diabetes and obesity. Doctors Manitoba has been generously supporting Fit Kids Healthy Kids financially since its inception. Learn more at fitkidshealthykids.ca. We have quite a few young triathletes who are from Manitoba who have had a lot of success in the sport. Obviously, the two of you, but Kyla Roy comes to mind. She's excelled at the NCAA level. Uh, Sarah Ann Bro, I believe, grew up in the province. So where does the success come from? I mean, would you say the sport is growing in Manitoba, Tyler? To be honest, I don't know exact numbers. Uh, I credit a lot of my success from my coach, Gary Pallett, who's here in the province, who's been uh, coaching for a long time here. And... He's coached both athletes you've mentioned who have had uh, great success. Sarah and I were Olympic teammates uh, in 2016. And to have two athletes out of five from Manitoba on an Olympic team is pretty wild. Uh, and it's not a coincidence. It becomes, you know, when there's that many national champions that come out of Manitoba, when you just think of population, it's, it's not a coincidence. You know, it, it's not luck. <laughs> So it's, it's, what is it? I mean, how do you, what do you attribute that to? Uh, like I said, Gary Pallet is a hu- yeah. huge part of who I am. I uh, am today and like still thank him and still obviously good friends with him. I think he's a, he's a great part of it. I think, again, that family aspect brings a lot of athletes into the sport in Manitoba being a smaller circle. Uh, it's super friendly and opening. At least it was when I started, you know, people telling me where I should rack my bike when I started and all these things that you don't even think about. You know, I had all the works, I had all the socks, and they're like, you don't, you don't need those, uh-huh. you can, you know, have these elastic laces, and just how welcoming the sport was when, when I first, I think is a big part of it, the retention level is, yeah. is huge because of that. 
and Megan, when you look at, at some of these athletes who have come before you, like Tyler and, and some of the other names here, uh, I mean, do you look up to those people as a younger athlete? Definitely. It's very inspiring, and it's, it's a goal to work towards. I wanted to give you the opportunity to ask Tyler a question to, while the, the two of you are in the same room. If you have anything related to training or success or any of the competitions he's been at, do you have any, anything that comes to mind? Well, how do you keep yourself moving? Sometimes there's, I find sometimes you get into ruts and it's hard to keep yourself going. What's something that really pushes you forward? It's a good question. I was talking about it actually a few days ago. I think that sometimes as a younger athlete, you think you look up, you look at the older athletes or people who have had success and you think, oh, they don't go through, you know, the similar struggles or they're just get on with it. And that's definitely not true. I think everyone struggles with motivation at some point or goes through ruts. Uh, I certainly have over the years and it's part, I think it's human nature. One of the things that helped me get through is honestly just setting very, very small day-to-day -day goals. And again, knowing that most of the time triathlon's awesome, triathlon brings me a lot of joy in my life, but there's always gonna be that once in a while, that run you don't wanna do or that swim, and just realizing that you're lucky to get out and be healthy and do it, because there's, there's a lot of people that wish they were in your position. And that's kind of how I, you know, when I'm tired, and like this, for example, this morning I woke up pretty tired, didn't really wanna go to the pool, uh, but half of it is just showing up <laughs> and, and it was like, hey, get up, you know, keep going, have a coffee, get to the pool. And sure enough, you know, 10 minutes into I swim, I was happy to be there. But it's, you know, showing up is old saying, but I think it's one that stays true now. Anything for Megan? Just a, probably around, uh, around the training group. I know as a kid, like that's where a lot of my friends, friends came out of and wondering if it's still a similar environment that... You just spend so much time and you find that a lot of the people you train with are some of the closest people in your life just because you almost spend more time with them than your, your family at certain points because you, you're just training so much. Have you found a, a similar experience? Yeah, definitely. That's something I really like about triathlon is everyone's really close and everyone's really supportive of each other. And um, although we're competing against each other at races, we're still there at the finish line cheering for our teammates. and. Uh, yeah, some of the people on my team are some of my close friends, and I love it. Tyler, how difficult was it to make the jump from, say, the Team Manitoba Canada Games level to being a professional? Yeah, that's a, that's a journey, not overnight, yeah. for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I was saying this the other day to my parents that it didn't happen overnight. Uh, and if you go through my results on paper, there was no point ever when you go, oh my goodness, that was crazy it was just you know result after result and it was a steady climb you know you have freaks athletes who are, are freaks they're junior world champions you know I was never a junior junior world champion I, I was obviously quite talented and, and gifted and worked hard but I was never at that level and every year I've become closer and closer to that level and again it's part of it is you know like we going back to it is showing up working hard every day. Uh, it, talent is a weird word as well, that I, it, talent could be anything, could be you know, physical ability or mental ability, whatever, but I think talent-wise, making that jump from Manitoba level to world level was, was probably you know, being able to show up every day and work hard when, when things weren't always going, going well, because it's easy to train hard when things are going well and things are going great, you know, roses and daisies, and, but when things aren't going well, that's when that's when you need to show up. That's when you need to really get to work. And how much of a grind has that, the World Triathlon Series been? Like, was it a big adjustment for you? 
Yeah, I mean, you're on the road 11 months of the year, basically, racing and training. And like I asked Megan, even at the level I'm at now, the people I train with become your closest friends. They become your family because those are the people that you, you travel the world with, you spend all your time with. It's like, it's like if you have a, a partner or a wife and you work with them all day and then you go home and you live with them all day, that's a training partner when I'm on camp, right? Because I'm yeah. with them. I'm doing the same job. I'm going home. We're cooking dinner together you get pretty close pretty quickly. Um, and I think that was probably the hardest part was obviously at 18, 19, leaving home and you know learning to, to fend for yourself, doing all the things that you take for granted that mom and dad help you with when you're home. And just the last question on that, I'm curious about the age range at the pro level, because I think I read it was a lifetime sport. I think I read that somewhere. So how wide is the age range? Or where, when is the prime? Yeah, so I went to the 2016 Olympics. I was the youngest there, I was 21, and the oldest was 36. Okay. Uh, and going forward to this Olympics, we'll probably be in a similar range. The youngest will probably be okay. around 21, and the oldest will probably be around 37. Obviously, I'm around 26, so I'm kind of mid middle grounds. Uh, I'm kind of coming, I would think, into my best physical years now. In my next few years will be my best physical years. But uh, if I've learned anything, that it's not all about physical. So you can keep, even though you're not maybe physically improving, you can mentally find ways to race better or train better. Uh, so you could, again, that's why it could be a long-time sport and why 37-year-olds can be successful. It sounds like a similar age range really to some of the major sports, right? Hockey, football, yeah. baseball, basketball, for sure. 20s to 30s. Megan, favorite event that you've competed in so far? I really enjoyed the Western Canada Games. I think that's because it was one of the biggest races I've done and the team got to travel there together. We were all like um, staying in the same place. And um, there was relay events as well as our individual events. So that was just a really neat experience for me. So I think that's what, what my favorite was. But I know you also had an interesting experience at the 2017 Canada Summer Games here in Winnipeg. Yeah. And you actually competed for another province. How did that come yeah, about? Yeah, so I was just one of the alternates. And um, I was actually the second alternate. So I wasn't really expecting to race because that meant there'd have to be a few crashes. And since the Canada Games was here, that meant if something happened, we could be alternates for any team. And there ended up being a pretty big crash in the female individual race. So about there's three girls who were unable to race the relays. So they had to take all three of us alternates and put us on different relay teams. So I raced for Newfoundland and Labrador. Was it weird putting on different colors? Um, it was a little weird, yeah, but they were super friendly and inviting. So that was nice. She must have been, what, 14 at that time? Or, yeah, I can't remember exactly, but... And so it must have been kind of surreal to, to have that experience of a higher level competition it at was, that age. Yeah. yeah. Tyler, favorite event? I mean, I'm sure you've got many that comes to mind, whether it be Rio, the Olympics, or any others. It's hard to pinpoint a favorite, favorite event because, you know, whatever age you're doing it, it, at that age, it seems like, you know, the greatest thing. I remember racing 2008 Manitoba Summer Games, and you traveled with... I was in the, the central region and you travel with your team and you stay with your team and you're, you know, you're sleeping on the ground in a school and that was a great memory. But, you know, <laughs> then I raced this year, like the Tokyo test event and like, that's a great memory in its own. And they're too hard, hard to compare because obviously they're world of a difference in level of event and race, but at the time both are special. So I, it for me, it's really hard to pinpoint. I, I don't think I could because every year is a progression and, Every year, you know, you find new joy. And it could be, yeah, as simple as 2008 when I first got into it, or it could be winning the Olympic test event. And, uh, you know, both are just completely different, and but both 
great memories. Is there a favorite place you've traveled to or competed in? I always get that question, where's your favorite place or where's your favorite place to compete? Uh, I think one of the favorite places to actually compete is in Germany, uh, just because the crowd is insane. You basically swim along this canal and there's people on both sides of the canal and typically when you're swimming you can't hear anything because you're in the water. It's so loud that you can hear the crowds when your head is underwater wow. cheering and that's one of the probably the greatest places and uh, yeah I, I love Europe in general I love New Zealand Australia again it's hard to pinpoint I've just been a lot of places fortunately I mean I don't take that for granted so uh, yeah I'm, I'm quite a lucky guy and I read that you race well in the heat how do you explain that being from from Winnipeg as I said I get <laughs> soft now I train in the heat all the time uh, obviously I'm a I'm a smaller guy in general. I'm 5'8", 5'9", yeah. pretty light, and by, but by nature, I'm quite lean athlete, so you know, I sit any, I'm always under 10%, and sometimes I'm 5% body fat, so uh, that obviously helps uh, with heat, getting rid of it, uh, body fat percentage. It, these are all factors, and obviously there's a bit of a biological factor, even though I have all these that, you know, whatever I got from my mom and dad that I deal with well with heat, and it's the opposite. I don't do well at all in cold. Uh, you know, I, I lose feeling in my fingers or my toes and uh, body just doesn't perform at 100%. You know, I'm able to suffer through it. Like, it's not like I give up. It's just like if, as if you can't shift into your last gear. You know, I'm stuck in fifth and can't sh- switch into sixth and go max speed. It kind of just takes an edge off. So, but it is, it, it's, everyone always laughs because I'm from the coldest place on earth. Yeah. <laughs> Have you raced in colder environments or like has some of the water colder? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I raced uh, this last fall. Probably the coldest race was in Jersey, UK, which is a little uh, island. Yeah. And we there was no wetsuits allowed in the water. It was 14 degrees, which in water temps, that's quite cold, especially for me. And I remember getting out and I actually uh, fell off my bike while I was dismounting into transition because I couldn't feel my feet. So I didn't know where they were on the pedals and fell and hit both my knees wow. pretty bad. I've still got pretty scars like a showing to the table. <laughs> One thing about the sport that would surprise people, Megan? I think it's uh, just having the, maybe the mental capability to go through all three of those sports all in one time. There's no breaks. There's no time to stop and think. You have to keep moving that whole time. And by the time you get to the run, it's you just want to quit sometimes, but you've got to be able to keep pushing yourself to that finish line. What does a race usually start with? Does it change? Is it running to start usually? On um, the swim and then the bike and then run. Tyler, one thing that would surprise people? I mean, yeah, like Megan said, it, it's a tough sport, but I think what surprised people is how much fulfillment a sport can bring you at whatever age you are, whether you're 60 and trying to get in shape or you know, you're 12 years old, I think the one thing that keeps bringing people back is the fulfillment of doing it. Similar or same, same reason why people run a marathon. You know, they run a marathon to finish it, and then all of a sudden they run 32 marathons, and, you know, they've been running for 20 years. It's the same with triathlon. It's just that fulfillment factor is, is massive, um, and it's something that it can't be replaced through a lot of other things in life, I've found. Okay, Megan, tell me what's next for you. What are your goals for the next year or so? Um, well, next year I'm hoping to make it to the Canada Games, so I think that's my next goal. And after that, I'm gonna see where life takes me. I'll be focusing in on university as well as continuing my training, and um, I'm just gonna continue with that. And so the Bisons don't have a triathlon program per se, but you'll be no. able to train there in the fall through. Yeah, yeah, I think I'll be doing like some cross country there and stuff. 
um, as well as staying with the triathlon team. Do you know what you'll be majoring in? Um, I'm in the Faculty of Science right okay. now. And uh, yeah, I'm going to get a degree there. And then I'm hoping to go to Red River College for the medical laboratory sciences. Oh, right on. Good for you. Uh, and last question, Tyler. You wrote on Instagram that the Rio Olympics were a dream that came to fruition, but then you wrote still chasing. What are you still chasing? Well, first I'll start by saying uh, Megan seems like she has more in her life plan than, than I do. <laughs> you know, I'm so short-term thinker. It's incredible. She's written a book and she's got everything planned out. Uh, it's, it's amazing. And yeah, in terms of this Instagram post, uh, I think one thing that is... One of my flaws, but also one of my strengths as an athlete is that I'm never going to be happy mm. with whatever I accomplish. Uh, maybe not happy, but you know, I'll always want more. And I'll, no matter when I retire, whether it was yesterday or 15 years from now, I'm gonna, I'm never going to be fully satisfied. Uh, and it's one of the, you know, pains of being an athlete at the top level is that you're never satisfied. But it's what keeps you coming back and makes you better. Uh, yeah, I'm still chasing. I remember saying after the Olympics last, uh, in 2016, saying that I had two goals. One was to go to Olympics and one was win to, to win Olympic medal. And I got quite a bit of lashback on that at the time because if you said in 2016, if you're a betting man, that I had a shot at a medal, most people would have laughed. Uh, but now I'm sitting here as, you know, a, a potential medal uh, going into now the 2021 Tokyo Games. So obviously uh, that's always in the back of my mind. That's what keeps me showing up. Megan, Tyler, I want to thank you so much both for, for coming on the podcast today and all the best with triathlon in the future. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Thanks again to triathletes Tyler Mislachek and Megan Van Heist for coming on to talk about their athletic careers, and we wish them nothing but continued success in the future. If you like this episode of the Sport Manitoba podcast, you can subscribe to our podcast. All of our episodes are available anywhere you get your podcasts, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Sport Manitoba on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you happen to know somebody who you think would make for a good guest on our podcast, whether it's an athlete, coach, or somebody else involved in sport, you can email me at podcast at sportmanitoba.ca. Look for our next episode in July. Until then, stay healthy and stay safe. I'm Nolan Cole. Thanks for listening to the Sport Manitoba podcast.